CZ and Nick have another guest on commentary on this week's card subject to change. Today they welcome the, to the studio a man who likes to shake it. He's the Phalic Phenom, Matt Crotch Mayday. Card subject to change is presented by the Fourth Frequency Sake Podcast Network, where you can catch the latest episodes of Educated Ignorance, The Data Lab, Card Subject to Change, and other great podcast content. We now take you ringside with the Wizard and the Honorable One. That's right. The Honorable One is back this week, medically cleared and ready to join my tag team partner, CZ, for yet another interview. Last week, CZ won a solo match with Merrick Brave, and we got such rave reviews. We're going to, we booked another quick interview, and I'm going to let Chris uh, take it from here. Yeah, and we've got uh, Matt Crotch Mayday. We're putting Crotch into a handicap match. Sorry about that, Crotch. Welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm great. What's shaking, guys? Oh, not not much here. Uh, just anxious and excited to get get to talk to you for a bit. Uh, our my first question has got to be: you know, every hip shaking hero has an origin story. How did you get into loving wrestling as a fan? Loving wrestling as a fan. Yeah. Um, rah. I mean, it's one I, I think most like children of the eighties, it just kind of was there always. Like, I don't really remember the first time I watched wrestling, but I just always remember it being there. Um, and yeah, just as soon as I can remember remembering things, I loved Hulk Hogan. Cause that's just kind of what you're supposed to do when you're a child in 1980, you know, 83, 84, 85, you know? So I mean, that, that's my first recollection of going, oh, wrestling's cool. This is awesome. Well, well, Crotch, I'm guessing when you say it was always around and when you state those years and being a, a child of the 80s, I'm, I'm one of those as well. You know, it was probably always on in the background, like on Sunday mornings, right, or on Saturday mornings. You, you would stumble across it on a rare occasion, you know, Saturday night's main event. I'm, I'm guessing unless you had cable television back then. Oh, no, no, I didn't have cable for most of my youth. So it was honestly the, the bulk of viewing was uh, so my dad was in a, a cover band with uh, a guy whose wife owned the only video store in the, the town I grew up in. And so we get to like rent a bunch of videos and stuff from there. And they just they happen to have a pretty good selection of, you know, Coliseum videos and whatnot. So like that was where I digested most of it. But yeah, then you'd catch stuff, you know, you get the recap shows and then they'd have, you know, Saturday night's main event would pop up here and there. So, I mean, I was watching those. Crotch, I'm, gr I'm glad you mentioned the video store uh, story. You had an in at the video store. I grew up a block and a half from one. So anytime there was a new release, you know, that was the place to be. And kids today don't understand that you went to a video store and got a video of a show and yeah, pop it into a VCR and watch it. So you telling me that that made me remember my youth going to you know, a block and a half away to the video store and getting all getting my hands on all the stuff that I could. Oh yeah, yeah, we were in walking distance of it too, and it was just it was a good time. I mean, I can remember when we first were like renting from there. Like we had to rent the video, the the VCR as well, because you know they were so expensive when they first came out. Like, man, we turned this into an old man interview real quick, didn't we? Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> well. Well, hey, it doesn't make CZ and I feel as bad if we've got another old guy with us, so we can just kind of sit here and uh, go down memory lane together. 
I suppose. Yeah, all the 20 year old podcast followers would be real sad, though. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are these guys talking about? Oh, so you're saying we're not hitting the key demo crotch? <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how many views it gets. <laughs> I mean, we're all, all, I think all three of us are children of the 80s. You mentioned Hulk Hogan. Some of my biggest memories are uh, watching Saturday Night's main event during the whole Mega Powers storyline. That was great. Yeah, that was a big one. I, I mean, I, I'll distinctly remember until like the, uh, I, I can't remember what it was or where it was, but like there was one particular like beatdown that Savage really put on Hogan at some point there. I don't remember if it was in a match or what. And I just remember as a child, just be like, oh my God, no. No, Savage, what are you doing? So so how did you transition from being a fan into moving into a res- role as a wrestler? What, uh, what, what made you f- want to join the business and what, what, uh, what ultimately brought you in? Uh, so, um, I mean, like most people, I think like most wrestlers of my age, there was a little bit of backyarding involved. None of mine was like, anything like super dangerous or cool or really anything but uh yeah there was just uh we were over at a buddy's house like in high school and uh one of his uh older brother's buddies was a big wrestling fan and he started you know we were just like talking trash back and forth and eventually it ended up with me in a texas cloverleaf in their front yard and i was like hey this hurts and is awesome so this is what i'm gonna do and then uh yeah, we just you did a just bunch of that. The, you just said the Texas Cloverleaf, man. That's music to my ear. Yeah, yeah, you just put me right in the Texas Cloverleaf. I'm like, oh, God, what's happening? But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was a good time, and we did that. I mean, I did. we did that off and on for, I don't know, probably five years. But, I mean, it was just garbage, and it was stupid. And I realized pretty quickly it was lame, so I was just trying to find, like, well, there's got to be something better than this. And I just, uh, I was farting around on the internet and I was just trying to look up different, like if there was any other, like, honestly, even if they were just like backyard wrestlers, I was just looking for like-minded people in Iowa that was like near me. And I happened to find the SCW website, uh, that they just put up because they were just about to run their first official show. They just got their ring and all that good stuff. They got the date set for that August show. And, uh, the great thing was that on everybody, they made profile pages for all the wrestlers too, which were just real cute. I, I, I wish the website still existed because it was, it was something else. But uh, it had everybody's AOL Instant Messenger name on there. So I was just like, all right, screw it. I started instant messaging these guys. And uh, Nevin Knoxville, um, who SCW fans will probably remember, um, he – he uh, just told us just to come to the show because obviously he wanted us to be paying customers. So he's like, yeah, show up. We'll talk to you after the show. So me and uh, – uh, ah, God, we're going back into the vaults for SCW names, but my, my buddy Tank Roberts and uh, two of our other friends, uh, we all went to the show and uh, we talked to them and they kind of took us un- into the fold and it all started just kind of with SCW there, so – you you and went down was... memory lane there with with some names, absolutely. And we were kind of chuckling before you joined joined in here in the studio, Crotch. Uh, you know, we were talking about shows we went to uh, back at Beyond the Baseline, and I know yeah. that might date that might date us here. But all those names you say, it's like, yep, I remember that guy. Yep, I remember that guy. 
So, oh man, this is this is great. I'm glad I'm glad you were able to make it on here and just knocking it out of the park right now. We're talking about VHS releases. We're talking about STW uh, old school wrestlers. And, and, and before I go any further, Chris asked his next question. You made a comment about backyard wrestling, and and you kind of said it begrudgingly under your breath because now that's kind of like a scarlet letter, right? Right, wrong, or indifferent, it is now. But if there wasn't backyard wrestling for you, Raj, what would have been the next? What would have been the next step? I mean, it was. Pardon my pun here. And backyard wrestling was such a springboard for so many oh, kids, boy. wrestlers <laughs> of that time. But it wasn't all bad. I mean, now people look at it and say it was all trash and bad, but there was plenty of good that came out of it. Yeah, like so. I guess years ago it was probably looked it was probably frowned upon much worse i and really the only problem nowadays i see with like anybody that said they did backyard wrestling is if they're i don't know if there's a, there's a level of pride that some people can take in where it's like all right buddy that's a little much there but then and then also if they're just stuck doing that you know if you're not trying to move forward out of it that's also a problem too but i mean just I guarantee you, if you went to an indie show, any indie show of the past like 15 years and asked the wrestler, asked every wrestler if they did any backyard wrestling before they got trained. And I would say probably at least three quarters of them say they did because it just kind of was like that was kind of the first step, you know? Well, it wasn't like wrestling schools were popping up on every corner, making themselves readily available, right? Eh, I mean, yes and no. There's always somebody looking to take somebody's money. <laughs> like you're going to take my back and brave is not trying right. to do. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> like you're going to take my money on Saturday night at the Walcott Coliseum, right? Oh, no, we, we, it's a, it's a good exchange of goods. I Absolutely. Well, Absolutely. I don't know. I guess I, I yeah. vouch for it. I vouch for it, but uh, no, no, I got what you mean. I mean, you know, I I'm backyard wrestling got such a, you know, it gets such a bad name for, you know, for so long, but, it was the only alternative for some people, and it, you know, really um, turned into good for so many. Yeah, well, and I think, like, especially for me, like, I watch some of the kids now, and they just, they jump into the, they jump right into the, you know, Black and Brave school, and it's like, it's an intense situation to just, like, jump headfirst into, and I admire some of them, just all of them for being able to, like, at least try to do it, you know, let alone graduate from it and then become a successful pro wrestler. For me, I don't know if I could have gone directly into full-fledged proper wrestling training right off the jump, you know? So like, it's nice having, having backyard wrestling is terrible and stupid and lame as it was. Like, I feel like it was a good, like baby step for me to take. Cause in all honesty, SCW was kind of the same way too. At first, you know, there was, uh, there was some training involved, but like nobody had been trained what I would call like, proper training like some people had gone to some camps and some people had went and got trained in chicago but they got their money taken like basically they showed up they had to bump a bunch maybe they got shown how to do a couple moves but they didn't really get taught how to do you know what wrestling is so really like scw was a good second step for me too at first before i actually went and got some proper training from danny daniels because that's when i so i say i've been doing it it'll be 19 years next month but I've been doing it properly since uh, January of 2006 because that's when I, I was fully trained by Danny 
and Danny was the one that really, I mean, he really set most of us on the right path from SCW. So you, you mentioned Danny Daniels as your trainer. We've mentioned a lot of old school names from both SCW. You mentioned Macho Man. You mentioned Hulk Hogan. Uh, who are your influences, both on the big stage and outside of, uh, like on the independent stage? Who do, you really, uh, who do you really look to as your inspiration? Oh, um, I mean, just as far as work and stuff, it's, it's just the, the, the big guys, the guys that always get heralded as the best, just Sean and Rick. Um, I, I just, I personally believe that those are the two best wrestlers that have ever lived. Um, and then, I mean, obviously I took a lot of inspiration from X-Pac. I, I loved X-Pac once I got into my teens and really just all the DX fellas. I just really clearly, uh, just farting around in front of a bunch of people and being inappropriate, uh, spoke to me in some way. And so I just, uh, yeah, embraced all that. <laughs> Um, and honestly, like outside of wrestling and stuff too, that's the thing. A lot of wrestlers will look at like different forms of entertainment to get inspiration. And, uh, especially like earlier on, I took a lot of inspiration from, uh, Shemp from three stooges and Bruce Campbell. So (laughs) all, all good names. Uh, This might be the first time I've ever heard a wrestler reference Shemp, but I love the reference. I love it. Um, I mean, He's if you don't think our truth is He's stealing underrated. bits from the Stooges, you're out. You're crazy, right? I mean, oh, right, right, bro. I, just, I love the Champ reference. I, I like how you said you, you talk about Rick and Sean, and then like at Pac, and and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because if someone's walking into an SCW Pro show, they've never seen Crotch wrestle. It, I think it's it's not. It's not them saying, oh, he's a ripoff of X-Pac. I think you work that move set, that type of style so well, it just people, it, it makes people naturally say that. I mean, first time I relate eyes on you, I'm like, yeah, it, it, he, he reminds me of X-Pac, the way he moves. And that, that, that's not a knock. That's, that's X-Pac, the guy who I think can work with any size of a guy. And, and and being able to to be the size because crotch isn't the biggest wrestler on the card, crotch isn't the smallest, but crotch able to move around like an X Pac does really shows the the scale, the skill of the size of guys you can get in there with. I mean, I appreciate that. I I will never ever be insulted by somebody saying I they were. That I remind them of X Pac. I mean, my, I love I love X Pac. I love X Factor uh, most of all, and their cheesy uh, theme music. But yeah, I just I, I really love <laughs> Big Uncle Cracker guy, eh? <laughs> <laughs> that, that thing is so bad. <laughs> yeah, but no, yeah, I, I've always I've always thought that. Uh, you know, from back in the day, even until now, I seen the last Walcott show, and I kind of like, yeah, it, it it just that's what it makes me think of, and I. I hope you take that as a compliment. It is not a diss because I have oh, 110%. Great entertainers. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 like I said, I'll never be insulted if somebody says I remind him of X-Pac. That dude is, he's one of the best. I just, he doesn't get enough credit either. Like, I'm, all right, I'm going to start nerding out wrestling wise, but he's just, if you watch, if you go back and watch his stuff, especially like when he came back for, to WWE from WCW, like he just, they put him in there with everybody that needed help. 
Like, if you watch it, like, Dealer Brown, new guy, X-Pac was carrying him through. Shane McMahon, you needed you needed somebody very good to work with Shane McMahon back in the day, and X-Pac could just carry him through matches. He is – he does not get the credit he deserves. And he gets a lot of credit now, but it's still not enough. He's just he tremendous. Does, he does get a lot of credit. And then, uh, hey, he, he was uh, – he was kind of the odd couple pairing with Kane long before uh, Daniel Bryan was. And those guys made a run of that. That was entertaining. Yep. Absolutely. He, he knew what he was doing. Credit. You're right. You're, this, this, this went from VHSs. Now it's the, the X-Pac Appreciation Podcast, and I'm totally cool with that. <laughs> There's not enough of those. There's not. <laughs> and, and I'll be honest. I look at X-Pac as kind of a gatekeeper for younger talent, and I can look at you at the same way. Uh, especially since you're you're one of the trainers, you're you're helping these new young talents come along, and you're also going in the ring with them at live shows and helping them even more. Yeah, maybe I don't know. We'll see if I'm helping them. <laughs> well, I mean, you talk talk about the put put your train take the fan hat off for a second. Let's put the training hat on. And you stood back when you were properly trained how much has the training side changed uh the look of the business for you what do i mean is uh kid a comes off the street kid a's got decent talent how long you know is it up to him her and how long are you going to put into that that kid i'm just saying kid a is is as a reference before you want to see something in return. And the reason I asked this, like NXT 2.0 recently, they're rushing people up. They don't have, you know, guys, they're not getting, you know, enough TV time. So to say, that's not the deal here at SCW pro, but kid a comes in decently talented. How long do you think it's going to take him before they can turn around and start and start helping out and, and start, you know, going out there, and, and being a, you know, a, a spot on the card. Uh, you mean just to like, how long would it take like a person to be like show ready? Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, you talked about being properly trained and training back then was different than now. So well, you kinda, yeah, I mean, yes and no, like I, I'm kind of a stalwart and like, I'm sure there are some schools that like the training probably is vastly different than uh, what, what we got from Danny, but I'll be honest, like at, at Black and Brave, it's, I, we kind of, so I don't want to get too deep into like the details of, you know, how we do, how we do our, our stuff, but like the major inspiration for the training comes from, uh, I mean, it's pretty similar to uh, what Dr. Tom has always preached. And then, uh, and then we just do what Danny did. Cause honestly, Danny uh, had a really good training program. He did a very good job. I thought with us. And, uh, well, and Danny was trained by Al Snow and a lot of people say a lot of things about Al Snow and just kind of the way he, uh, behaves towards people. But as far as like wrestling knowledge goes, Al is one of the smartest guys out there. And he trained a lot of guys that then became great trainers themselves. Like Danny, uh, Truth Martini also trained under Al Snow. So like, he's actually like responsible for a ton of very good wrestling out here. So and we just kind of try, we've actually kind of patterned it the same. And I know wrestling does evolve and there are a lot of new things going on, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's still a story being told with, with pro wrestling. So like, you still kind of have to 
do it the same because that's what it is. Like that's that's our bag, you know. So you got you got back to it. Stories being told, right? And, and do you find do you find talent as a whole has it, it, it people evolve? I mean, athletes now are bigger, faster, stronger than they were twenty years ago. Natural charisma. I know it's hard to duplicate, but it just seems like everywhere you look, people and people are more charismatic. Is that something that, yeah, people are born with it, but how much of that can you teach? Um, God, actually teaching it, like – there's you know, a lot of stuff we can tell people, but right, right, man, it's it's hard to that. It's really stuff you just kind of got to figure out yourself because everybody's so like everybody's interesting, everybody's entertaining in their own way, and like it's you know you, we can't teach every, everybody the same way to be entertaining. You know, you you, you kind of really just have to figure that out yourself. You know, like we can help out, but. Sure. At the end of the day, sure. you got to figure out what about you is is fun or cool or entertaining or just makes people want to pay money to see you. So and, and that is the tricky part. The and how can you add to the story? Mm-hmm. And gentlemen, we're gonna have to. Oh, sorry, Nick. Yeah. Oh, you're good, man. You're good. Uh, gentlemen, we're gonna have to take a quick time out here. Um, we gotta we gotta pay our dues just like the younger wrestlers do. I'm gonna throw things over to Joe Winkle. Uh, talking about our For Fantasy Sake team. Make sure you tune into For Frequency Sake on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch each Sunday during the football season from 10 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. The boys from For Fantasy Sake will be bringing the fire fantasy football takes, updating you on the week's rankings and injuries, and getting you ready for your fantasy football matchups each and every week. The show is interactive, so be sure to send your questions. You can find them at For Frequency Sake on Facebook, at FFSQC on Twitter, or you can send them an email at ForFantasySakeQC at gmail.com. Thank you, and welcome back. We are talking to Crotch here on the Card Subject to Change podcast. Crotch, we were talking a little bit about the training. We don't want to pull the curtain back too much. Um, But talk about this as a trainer. You're not a wrestler here. You're not a fan. Uh, you know, how many days a week are you in the ring working and, and kind of take us through a normal day as a quote-unquote trainer? Um, well, I mean, I spend a lot of time at the gym. I'd say I'm, I'm there from the time the door opens to the time the door closes uh, three days a week. Uh, and then there will be a couple other days where I'll be popping in here and there. Um and I guess I'm in the ring, but I'm going to tell you, like, I don't know if I've just had some bad luck or what's going on here, but I don't move around. <laughs> like I can talk a lot and I can help you and tell you how to do things, but I got to save physical movement for the shows at this point. It's, I don't know what's going on, but I gotta, I have to be very calculated with what I'm doing, but sure, sure. I'm there a lot. I'm, I mean, I'll, I'll talk to guys as long as they want to hear me talk and I'll work them through some stuff. You talk about you, you. You can't. You know, you're you're saving. Hey, X Pac can't move as well as he once did. So don't don't look at it as, as a knock as getting older. Just look at it as, as hey, X Pac can't move around the way he used to either. 
I mean, I guess, but I bet he wants to, and I want to. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know? And you can, hey, you can still move better than most guys your age. I'm sure of it. So, uh, not too shabby in your own right, but you're in the gym working. You're working people. I understand you're not in the ring working the whole time. What what excites you most? What what excites you about having that role? Um, obviously, it, it, it you know being around the other wrestlers and driving them, but what what excites you the most about having that role that you do, Crotch? Oh, I, I mean, it's probably just watching, watching people succeed from, from the school. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, I just, I don't know. I like, I like kind of, a lot of people really helped me. Like I got a lot of help from a lot of guys when I was really running around hard, um, and got to do a lot of things that I never imagined I'd do. And, uh, just to be able to like, maybe potentially make that happen for other people. You know, that's, I mean, that's just great. You know, I look at, I look at just some of the guys that we've got, you know, with some of the successes they've had and it's just great, you know, and hopefully I've played a part in that and helped them kind of get to, you know, the next level and hopefully the levels beyond that if they keep rolling. So, I mean, easily I'd say it's just being able to, you know, help somebody be the best person they want to be as far as wrestling goes. So, Matt, I kind of want to transition. I think we're just talking over each other. Sorry no, we're that. not going right ahead. Uh, I was, I, I was going to transition back time. to put, put your. Uh, <laughs> uh, I want to put your fan hat back on. <clears throat> Let's pretend that Peacock, WWE Network, none of that exists. We're still doing VHS tapes. Uh, you're sitting at home. You want to put on some wrestling. What's your go-to VHS that you're putting in from the last 30, 40 years? Oh, geez, I don't know. That is, I mean, it does become harder to uh, to look through wrestling from a fan's lens nowadays just because I've spent, I mean, well, A, I spend, I'm so used to looking at it analytically just because, like, that's kind of what you have to do once you start doing it. And then also, like, I've got, I've just seen so much at this point. It's like, and it's like people will grumble and whine about stuff on TV nowadays. And it's like, they'll say it's bad. It's like, no, it's not bad. You've just seen it five times already. And it's very hard to do new things in pro wrestling. So you're just bored of it. It's not bad. You just have seen it before. So, but at the same time, yeah, it, it makes it hard to enjoy it like you used to. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess anything, I'm not like the hugest AEW fan, but like anything Brian touches is gold. So, I mean, I guess anything with Brian Danielson on it, I would watch and love it probably. You know, he's yet to disappoint me since he started wrestling. So, I, you talked about the, the VHS thing <laughs> as a kid. What was your favorite? What, what was your favorite old show that you watched as a kid? One that you kind of watched over and over. Uh, maybe new word for word or move for move. Uh, well, it's not actually a wrestling event. Do you guys, did you guys ever see that Degeneration X VHS they put out? Yes, it was I like did. super inappropriate and wasn't censored. <laughs> yes, I do remember that. My God, I read yep. it that so many times. It was so <laughs> funny. Just that. So to get the, uh, the, the Bill Clinton spoof video that, that Sean and Hunter did, but to get it unedited, <laughs> God, it was so funny. It was so funny. <laughs> I remember that VHS. Oh, it's just, 
It was with Triple H in China and uh, Sean on the cover, correct? Yep, yep. Yep, the green and black cover. Oh, my goodness. I believe wow. Sean was wearing nothing but the belt, as that's Sean right. is one to do. That's right. That's right. Oh, man. I remember that one very distinctly. Good call on that one. Good call. That's so funny. It was so it funny. It is. And you're right. For that, sure. They couldn't, get, they couldn't get away with that stuff. They couldn't get away oh, with it no. today. They couldn't get away with it now. I mean, it's just like, – I remember there was one – at one point, like, uh, they're just walking around through, like, a trailer or something. It was some of the new footage they did for, like, the actual video. And, like, Road Dog and Billy Gunner are just walking around. And uh, Road Dog says to the cameraman, hey, how, wait, how, many, how, uh, how PG or PG-13 are we here? On, the, on, the, uh, on, the, uh, on this podcast, how PG-13 are we? Can I say this story? I need to make sure I can get away with it. You can say whatever you want. Okay, so so Road Dog and Billy Gunn are just walking down this hallway in a trailer or something, one of the broadcast booths or something. And Road Dog's like, he turns back and says to the cameraman, hey, did you see that down there? And then the cameraman looks down, and then Road Dog just puts his junk right in the camera and goes, cock shot, gotcha. I'm just like, this is so inappropriate. These are grown men making at least six figures, and they're just being children. <laughs> I loved it. Oh, I loved it. And, and and you know what? I did too. And and, and definitely so, place so and time. You You're good, Thiefy. I think I think I know the answer to this already, based on our conversation. Uh, what's more important to you when you're watching wrestling? Is it a good story or is it a good match? Um, well, I don't think you have a good match if you don't have a good story. So you know. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Because that's all it is, right? I mean, it's just, you're just telling stories. A few weeks ago. Well, yeah, you you have to have that story. I know uh, Nick and I talked a few weeks ago about uh, the AEW's Battle of the Belts and how things are just kind of thrown together at the last minute. It it doesn't have the same feel as some of the older shows. Like, you look back at uh, Clash of the Champions. So I, I completely agree. You got to have that story to to make the match, but at the same time, the match is enhancing the story. They kind of work hand in hand, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I to me, the the match is like uh, so. The stories, the stories, you know, the destination. If you're going to Walmart, that's your destination. The story's Walmart, but like the uh, matches. I mean, you got to get there somehow. So the match, you hop in the car matches the car you know that's the vehicle you're using to tell your story i never looked at it i never looked at it like that way before um but that's a dude that's a wonderful analogy no i, I mean dead serious that's a wonderful analogy to think about it like that because so many people want action 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 but anytime you watch a show regardless of the product you want to believe and think that how stuff's put together you know, it's going to correlate. It's going to correlate with obviously an upcoming show, maybe a show three months down the road. But yeah, everything kind of has a purpose, and that's what I. Everything you hope has a purpose. That's why I, I like about wrestling. I want to be generally surprised, so you kind of follow along with everything. So when that surprise does come, you're right. But yeah, the story, the match thing, they're kind of like uh, the hammer and nail. They both need each other, right? Yeah. Yeah. Crotch, give me your dream so, match that has never happened. Oh, I don't know. Um, 
I don't know. I've never been like, like there were, when I first started wrestling, there were, there were a couple ones that I really wanted to get in there, but I, I, I mean, I was just kind of lucky to get a lot of them. Cause like I was a big indie fan once we really started getting into SCW and stuff. So, you know, I wanted to do some Jimmy Jacobs and I wanted to get in there with Danny and I don't know. I got, I got most of those really. There's not many left that I would want to do. Um, God, I do. I've got a couple tag matches I really would like to happen. I did a six-man tag once where I was tagging with Colt Cabana. I'd like to do just a regular tag with him because he's so hilarious. I just, I would have a blast. I need that to happen. And then I also want to tag with Nate Webb at some point just because I always love Spider-Nate Webb. Yes. Yes. Maybe maybe in the future, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, they're both still going. Yeah, I mean... Anything's possible, right? In the world, in the world of, of, of wrestling, anything's possible. But no, I love those answers, and I love that you said tag team. tag team matches because I, my favorite thing about wrestling is tag team wrestling. That's what brought me to wrestling, watching you know tag teams and all the you know guys wearing the same the same uh, you know colored you know the pink and black with the heart foundation, the, the demos with the black and the spikes and all that. I loved all that as a kid. I still love tag teams as a kid. So. I love those answers uh, of, of Cole Cabana and Nate Webb. Those are great. Yeah, I mean, I'm not – so, sorry to – now I'm going to disappoint you a little bit. I'm not a huge tag guy, but, I mean, I just – I wouldn't want to wrestle against them. You know, like, it just seems much like – it'd be a much more fun match for me and the audience if we just oh. were doing a tag, so. Absolutely. No, that's that, – I love that answer. You know, so many people – so many people say, oh, yeah, this person. But I love the tag route that you went there. That's And, and those are good combos. Those Those are – Styles make fights, as they say, and and, and those and you, and you tagging with them would just make it even better. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know who I'd want to like. I I really just can't think of a lot of guys that I'd like want to wrestle against. Like, just be like, oh my god, if I could just do that, you know? Like, I don't I mean, know. Who, who's one guy you want to wrestle against? That'll never happen. Whether it be like you know they're they're in their seventies or in their eighties now, or or just it never would happen, you know. Oh, like if I could just do if a time could, warp or just oh, have control yeah. over the world? Uh, I don't like, know. Um, you can go back for a 20-minute match. 20 minutes? Ah, oh, God, what are you doing to me? Well, <laughs> can we do a, can we do a fiver? Come on now. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Right, we'll go 10. How about 10? You give us 10? No, nah, let's do an Iron Man. Fuck it, I don't care. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know. God, if we're going back I, in time, you can wrestle as long as you want. Yeah, I suppose that's true. I'm trying to think. It. I don't know. It's just weird. Like I just that was nothing that I ever really like. It was either like uh, it was either a super attainable like match, so I just got to do it like for sure, dream matches, sure. or it was like you know like I would if it's like. I would never want to actually wrestle Shawn Michaels. That'd be a nervous wreck. That'd be terrifying. It'd be a good match because Shawn could wrestle literally a hot pile of poop and it would still be a five-star match. But, like, I'd, I'd be so terrified. But I don't know. Maybe I should. I, I guess if I wasn't worried about, you know, how good the match would be or how good I would do, I guess, I guess obviously, you know, wrestling guys like Shawn and Rick, obviously everybody would probably never say no to wrestling Ric Flair because the man makes anybody look like a million bucks, so... Right. I, I, I love those answers. Um, CZ. So I've got, I've got something I want to talk about. Yes, sir. Uh, we're, we're talking about matches. We're talking about fantasy matches. Let's take off the fantasy cap. Uh, put on, like, matches that you've had. 
one thing that I that I always love, I, I talked to Merrick about this last week. Uh, for me, when I was ring announcing, there was one night that was absolute magic. And I love that word. Crotch, tell us about one one moment that you thought was one of the most magic moments in your career. Oh, I don't think I have those. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. What was, I mean, are you, do you mean magic is in like everything's going right or just this is awesome and I'm having a ton of fun? Because I don't know if I've had many of the first, but I've had a lot of fun. Hey, whatever's magic to you. Hey, whatever, whatever works for you. Exactly. Well, uh, I mean, my favorite moment in pro wrestling ever, I've told this story probably a few times here and there, but uh, it's always worth telling again, is I, so, um, I don't remember what show it was, but uh, Danny, it was one of Danny Daniels' big AEW shows, and uh, he, uh, so he had Terry Funk on the show as a surprise guest, like he didn't announce him or anything, he actually had a couple bigger names that he did announce, but like he just gave him Funk as a surprise, which that's the genius of Danny Daniels. Like he's just smart, you know, like you come to a show because of this guy, but then you get Terry Funk just out of nowhere. So you're going to come to shows for a good long time after that. So, but anyway, Danny's genius. So Terry Funk comes to the show and does like a little promo and Jimmy Jacobs comes out and calls him an old bitch and slaps him in the face. So there's some stuff happening there. Meanwhile, I had a match against, um, I don't know if you guys would have seen Ryan Boz at all. Like, do you guys, does that name ring a bell? Did he have, uh, he was a big dude, correct? Yeah. Blonde, bleach blonde hair? Yeah, yeah, until he yeah. got a little too bald. Sorry, Ram. <laughs> no, 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 no. I do, I do remember him. <laughs> yeah, Boz, Boz was a big old dude. Yeah. He's, he's a stud, and I got to have a match with him. And, you know, I mean, that's a good little match because Boz is a big old dude, and I'm skinny little me, so it, it went well. It's a good little match. I lost, obviously, but that's, you know, that's great. We're in a good spot. And then later on in the night, uh, Jimmy Jacobs was wrestling Eric Cannon for the uh, Heritage title. Danny's kind of like Intercontinental title or whatever you'd want to call it. And so I come out and I demand that I want to be in the match, even though I've already had a match and blah, blah, blah. So Cannon and Jimmy... You know, they figure I'm a joke, so they don't care. So they just let me in on it, and they're beating the living crap out of me, and blah, blah, blah. Which, already, like, that's great, because, like, I get a lot of sympathy, because I've already had a match against Boz, which, you know, people knew that Boz, you know, could kick the crap out of people. And then, also, I'm getting to wrestle with Eric Cannon and Jimmy Jacobs, who are both guys that, like, I was very lucky to get multiple matches with, because they just, I learned a lot from both of them. So we've got a great little match going, and uh, it's at some point, I think I'm, I can't remember all the details, but I'm down, whatever. Jimmy's pretty much got it in the bag. And then Terry Funk comes out and Funk was supposed to come out. He was going to come out and he was going to sock Jimmy with the old Terry Funk left and blah, blah, blah. Right. But Funk comes into the ring for whatever reason, kicks him in the gut, gives him a DDT. So Funk's taking a bump on this show for no reason at all. Other than he's Terry Funk and he's insane. So that's cool. Right. And then he pulls me over on Jimmy and I get the three count. And then after that, Terry Funk pulls me out of the ring. He's raising my hand, and I'm looking over, and I'm like, I'm getting my hand raised by Terry Funk. This is the coolest moment in my life. Terry Funk is awesome. How sweet is this? There's one problem, though. It's an elimination match. 
So the match is not over. <laughs> so I lean over to Terry Funk and I go, Terry, Terry, it's an elimination match. And he looks at me and he goes, what? It's an elimination match. It's not one fall. And he just looks at me and like, so Terry Funk, badass dude, right? He's one of the toughest guys that pro wrestling's probably ever had and craziest. But sometimes when he gets to talking, like you can tell that he's actually like, he's actually kind of a sweetheart and he gets that soft voice sometimes where it's just like, it kind of like is a, a weird, uh, like a weird dichotomy between like what he is in the ring most of the time and you know what he's acting like there. But yeah, he, so I say that to him, like it's, it's elimination. The match isn't over. And he's just like, well, shit kid, you aren't eliminated yet. Are you? I'm like, no, I'm not. And meanwhile, Cannon's all the way across the ring looking at me and like, what the hell's going on? What is, what are you doing? So Fox looking at me with my hand still raised and I'm looking at him and he's trying to figure out what the hell his exit's going to be or what the hell we're going to do. And he just goes, well, I'm going back to drink. And then he just put my hand down and walked off. And I'm like, all right, well, that was the greatest and weirdest moment in my life. So then I just ran back into the ring, Ken and I got back into it. But it was just, it was already an awesome moment. It was already going to be awesome. And then honestly, the fact that like everything got like a little funky in it made it even better. Because like I'm just sitting there looking at Terry Funk and he's looking at me and we're going, oh shit, what do we do now? <laughs> you know? <laughs> it, it, just think about that story, Crotch. How many people how many other wrestlers are able to have a story like that? You know, that that's a moment that you'll never get taken away from you. That helmet never get taken from you. And I, I can't do a very good Terry Funk, but I could just, Oh shit, kid, you're not eliminated. I could just hear it, you know? <laughs> so I'm sitting here smiling the whole time. I'm, I'm a big Funker fan and you telling the story and, and the fact that it was elimination match makes it even the best part. That that that's the icing on the cake. Oh yeah, it's just great. And I mean, Terry Funk's top ten easily for me of all time. And he just he's so great. And like I was just so like Danny gave me a lot of stuff. Like he really didn't have to. When I got into pro wrestling, like I was below the bar. Like if you were my size and you possessed my athletic ability, you were not supposed to be in pro wrestling. But like. I don't know. I just, I worked hard and Danny, like he rewarded me far more than he should have. I got to do a lot of great stuff because of him. I love it. That's tremendous. That is, that is just fantastic. I love that story. Uh, so we're gonna, we're gonna take another quick break here and then we'll come back for just a few more minutes. Okay guys. Sounds good. We'll be right back. In addition to bringing fire on the mic, the team at 4 Frequency Sake is still bringing it online as well. Check out 4FantasySakeQC.com this season for college DFS, Survivor League, and betting advice each and every week of this football season. Again, that is 4FantasySakeQC.com for College DFS, Survivor League, and betting advice each week during the football season. We're back here, the home stretch with Crotch on cards subject to change. Crotch is in the studio here along with myself and CZ. And Crotch, uh, we're going to 
close out here. We're going to talk about your next SCW Pro event uh, coming up uh, this coming Saturday, October 8th at the Walcott Coliseum. Um, paying customer, who should I be looking out for when I walk into that door uh, come Saturday night? Who should you be looking out for? Like what, yeah, what who's, matches? Who's the young, yeah, the future. I, I'm talking about the future of uh, FCW Pro. Um, I, I, I know, um, I know who crotch is and I know, I know where crotch is on the card. I want to know who these guys are, the, the trainers, the up and comers, who are some of the young people I need to keep an eye on. Mm, none of them. I ain't going anywhere. So they're going to be under my thumb until I leave. Yeah. Screw them. Yes, that's the answer I want to hear. Yeah. I love it. No, I love it. That's the answer I want. That's not true at all. <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, God, who's who's looking good? I'm trying to think of who's looking pretty good. I mean, uh, you know, uh, Dustin Mosley's obviously. I mean, that one kind of goes without saying. He's he's looking great. He's working hard. Uh, it really, so. He has some advantages that he's not like he, – he wasn't like an 18-year-old kid when he walked in. So, like, that helped him kind of get ahead of the game a little bit. But just mm -hmm. on – even even with that advantage, he's – I mean, I don't even think he's into year two yet, and he's doing the kind of stuff he's doing in the ring now. So, like, he's he's looking great. Um, he'll definitely make whatever he wants to have happen probably happen. Um, I don't know. And there's a lot of guys that, like – I mean – I guess I just kind of would think the obvious answers, you know, obviously Dante Leone's killing it. He's, uh, yep. I mean, he's going to be gone on a pro wrestling Noah tour again before long. So, I mean, that, it was, it was fantastic that they brought him in to begin with, but the fact that they want to keep having him back is even better. So, I mean, he's great. And I just, I've, I've never seen people do Absolutely. the things he does. So, you know, um, he's got an attitude too. Like I've, that's I've the thing. Like there's all these dudes, Oh, what was that, Chris? Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. I was just saying I've seen uh, my fair share of his matches, and he's fantastic. Yeah, I just – he's well, I, I was saying uh, he, he's got, like, an attitude to him too, which, like, even though, like, he does have some things that, like, I've not seen other guys capable of doing, uh, there comes a point, like, you know, for a while there, Ricochet was doing stuff that nobody else was doing. But, like – some people can do ricochet stuff now. So now what else are you other than just the guy that does the coolest stuff? So like Dante on top of being able to be that guy also has that he can walk into that ring with a chip on his shoulder and let you know that. And I mean, that's probably going to be the thing that really is going to seal the deal for him making some good stuff happen. So he's great. Um, I don't know. I mean, the guys that I would say you should watch for, you probably already know because they make themselves evident. You know, Manders made it clear that he was a guy to watch. Uh, Jossie made it clear. JT Energy, all those guys, they, they let you know. They let you know that they're coming to take over. So, And they probably will. It's going to happen. <laughs> and it's you a, mentioned it, Manders. That's a good teaser for our, our show. We're having him on on Tuesday with the – with a bonus episode. I'm really excited about that too. Well, that'd be great. Manders is great. Let's talk about the event now on Saturday so night. Let me, you, let, let me ask you one. Oh, no, go ahead, Nick. Oh, no, you're good, bud. 
I think uh, I think I've got a little bit of a delay. You guys are a little bit after my uh, my questions. I just I just want to ask here before we wrap things up, how has how has being a trainer now uh, changed your perspective from just being a wrestler and just being a fan? Um, I don't know. I, I don't I don't know if there's been a, a change in perspective like a serious change in perspective because of the training, I would say it's, I feel like it's accelerated me getting better at pro wrestling. Um, just because it's, I don't know, I get maybe, I don't know if it's, I'm more immersed in it or I'm just thinking about it from a different angle, but, um, it's definitely benefited me as far as, you know, I mean, obviously I'm helping, I'm trying my best to help everybody, you know, get themselves better, but it does in turn also get me a lot better too. Like there's a, Really, once 2015 hit, I I can tell that there's just been a serious escalation as far as just me being able to put together matches that I that I like a lot more than like you know just there's always just stuff that like you try to accomplish in a pro wrestling match that like maybe it was a little bit more difficult for me to figure out how to do, um, especially in the 2000s. But then even like the early 20 teens, like I had I. I couldn't figure it out as well as I can now and stuff that like I couldn't, you know, figure out how to do back then. Like now is nothing to me. And it's just, I think it's, it's probably just the immersion, uh, just being around it so much more and talking about it so much more. And then also just, you know, having the opportunity to teach other people about it kind of makes me think about it more and then think about it differently. Oh, for sure. Uh, so Crotch, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. We we're happy to have you. Uh, before we before we close out for the night, talk about uh, talk about the show on Saturday and where we can find you on social media. Well, I don't remember any of my social media names. I barely want to be on that stuff. God. So my MySpace was. Uh, I don't even remember my MySpace anymore. Well, that's sad. No, the Twitter. Twitter's uh, at. Uh, is it M crotch mayday? I think crotch with a K because the educational mm-hmm. system that I went to for public schooling was not good because you know, it's <laughs> small town, Iowa. Um, and then, uh, it's, I don't know. It's Matt mayday on Facebook. If you look that up, I'm sure you'll find me. Um, and yeah, we got, we got a big show coming up Saturday. Well, it's big for me. That's for sure. Uh, I don't, I don't always find myself in, you know, title matches. So it's, it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting challenge for me. Uh, Connor Braxton's, you know, the first graduate from the school. So he's, he's certainly come into his own over the years. So I bet we'll have ourselves a pretty good little match. So I would definitely go if I were a wrestling fan within a hundred miles, but maybe I'm biased. <laughs> so we could be looking at the classic teacher uh, and pupil match no, no. on Saturday night. Oh, maybe, maybe it's, well, it's weird though. It's not really, it does. It's strange. Cause it doesn't quite feel, I mean, I guess it does in a way, but also it's like, I don't know. We're just, we got, we got a lot of a, there's a little bit of drama involved in it. Oh, there absolutely. Been, there absolutely is some drama. There's, and there's some, uh, there's, uh, there's some gold definitely involved. And anytime there's gold involved, you can uh, add drama to the mix. And it's, uh, there's been, there's been some theft of gold. Yeah, <laughs> I've been, right. well, I've been a I, bit of a peckerhead. <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't going to cast you in that light crotch. I was just going to say there was some gold involved. 
and it would all get sorted out Saturday night. But, hey, hey, if you want to be the peckerhead, then more power to you. Well, it's just one of those things, right? Like, you, you've got you've got Connor Braxton, who's he's a, he's that classic, you know, like, jerk-off that's just like, oh, he's got his little cronies. He's always there, – there's all the shortcuts and all that stuff that, you know, that kind of – that kind of guy is going to do in pro wrestling. So I figured, why don't I just do the same crap to him that he would do to me? And, you know? <laughs> it usually a, fair play, right? Yeah, that's what I figured. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to that match on Saturday night. Um, I know there's also a full card. I know tickets probably still available at Walcott Coliseum. I call that the MSG of SCW Pro. That is – that is, uh, I love. I think I love that venue. I, it's it's my favorite venue. You guys, uh, you guys do. Yeah, I mean it's. I mean it's. It feels like home. Yeah, yeah. And uh, fans always. Fans are always out sure. full support at Volcat. Oh yeah, we've. I mean, we've been lucky, you know. And wrestling, wrestling's been in and out of popularity, but we've always managed to have people, you know, that really want to show up and see what we do. And I mean, that was. So when I first, the first day of training, Danny asked us how long we want to wrestle or what our goals are in wrestling. And uh, I'm not going to name names, but the majority of the guys that were in my class all said, oh, well, I'm, I want to make it to WWE and I want to wrestle forever. I want to be Ric Flair. And I, he asked me and I was like, you know, I just kind of want to do it as long as people cheer for me doing it. And when they stop doing that, I guess I'll probably be done. And uh, I've been lucky enough that they keep doing that. So. Hey, as fans, we're lucky enough to have to have you around and be able to enjoy enjoy your work. Well, I appreciate it, Crotch. Thank you for joining us. I know it's I probably not the agree. Cool. And I wanted to thank you for joining us, Crotch. I know you know a Sunday night's probably not the coolest place to be with two other forty-year-old dudes talking wrestling. But hey, we made it. We 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 made it through. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not that far behind on House of Dragons, so you guys didn't cut into that too bad. So, <laughs> Well, we're, we're going we're gonna to cut you free so you can get to that. All right. Fantastic. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Karaj. All right. And that is going to wrap us up for this week. I uh, definitely appre- appreciate Matt Crotch Mayday coming on the show. What a fantastic interview that was. Uh, just to wrap things up a bit, look for our bonus episode coming. We'll be recording Tuesday night with the one called Manders. And then we will be back next week talking about everything Dream Rules from the WWE. Uh, for Nick Bull, I am CZ. You can find me on Twitter at TheWizardCZ. You can find my partner at NickBull55. The podcast is at CSTC Podcast, and you can find us on Facebook at Cards Subject to Change. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you all uh, on Tuesday. <laughs>